Welcome to Wise Health for Women Radio with Linda Prater. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Each week with intriguing guests and topics, we'll bring you fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging a shift to new, healthier perspectives. Wise Health for Women Radio, helping women thrive. And now here's your host, Linda Prater. Good morning. We are so glad that you've joined us today. We're going to be talking about losing weight by eating. I think so many people think that if they stop eating and they exercise and they do these extreme kinds of things, they will lose weight, be happier, be fit, fit their clothes, all of those things that most people are looking for. And yet that's counterproductive. So we're going to talk today to Audrey Johns, who wrote a book with her brand, Lose Weight by Eating, because she found out the hard way that if you experiment by eating and doing it the right way, you actually can achieve your healthy goals that you're trying to reach. Because so many people struggle with fad diets and the well-meaning marketing of diet sodas and diet convenience food kind of works the other way sometimes. So, Audrey, welcome to our program. Hi, Linda. Thank you so much for having me on. You're very welcome. Did that sum up kind of what happens when you go to the grocery store and all these convenience foods are put in front of you? Oh, big time. Absolutely. And all of the marketing and, you know, it's their pretty colors and they, um, you just think, hey, if I have this zero calorie item, there's no way I'm going to gain weight. In fact, I'll start losing weight. Um <laughs> But the problem is, is a lot of those products are just packed full of chemicals and they end up having the adverse reaction to your body. Absolutely. So talk about how you came to know this, because again, many people just believe you hear these extremes. I'm going to go on a detox for a week and eat nothing and have nothing but green tea. I'm going to eat only meat, no carb. I mean, you know, all of these things. Keto is the latest one that is, you know, running the rampant. Then there's intermittent fasting. But you found, and, and tell more about it, that you really could do more by eating smart. Absolutely, Linda. And, you know, I actually, I tried pretty much all of the diets out there, and I did starve myself. And um, sometimes I would lose a little bit of weight, but I would always put it back on plus 5 or 10 pounds. And I finally found uh, a blog and a website, and I started doing my own research on clean eating. And um, I figured, well, okay, I'll try this. You know, I've tried everything else. And I figured I'm going to go slow with it. I'm just going to give up diet soda this week, and let's see what happens. And Mm -hmm. I lost 10 pounds in one week doing – I changed nothing except I gave up diet soda. Isn't that interesting? isn't that wild? And, and so I always tell people who are, who are really, you know, who really love their fake sugars, just try it for a week. And, um, it's probably the caffeine that you crave and, you know, go ahead and have a cup of coffee or green tea instead and see if you can give it up for a week and see what happens. And I can't tell you I, how many people have come back and said, wow, you know, my headaches went away and I lost a ton of weight. And I feel like I've got so much more energy. And it's, it's true. These these um, zero calorie drinks are actually they're they're not helping you lose weight. Um, they're actually doing the opposite. They're they're telling your body to hold on to fat. They're mm-hmm. slowing down your metabolism. 
Now, um, what I have done as I've progressed through is I've removed um, all fake sugars out of my diet. I've removed all preservatives out of my diet. And um, I do my best not to have um, any kind of dyes, but, you know, we just had the holidays and Christmas cookies and decorating of cookies. You know, sometimes dyes do end up in my diet, but I really try not to. And um, changing just that aspect, I lost over 150 pounds in just 11 months, and I've kept it off now for about eight years. Congratulations first. Thank you. Um, second of all, I want to tag into what you talk about in terms of fake sugars because I think so many people do not understand that fake sugars can be terribly bad for you and that the sucralose molecule can actually cause a lot of kidney problems for certain people to whom are sensitive. And so not only are fake sugars addicting and you think you're being healthy, but it can really be detrimental to your overall health. And so few people know that. Absolutely. I mean, it definitely stops the weight loss, and there is that mm-hmm. aspect. Um, for me, if I can speak to it personally, I can say I used to have migraines so bad I would have to give myself shots oh, in my. the leg to get rid of the migraines. I have not had a migraine in, what, eight years, nine years now since I started this new path. Um, and so just on my own end, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nutritionist, so I like to be careful when it comes to, um, mm-hmm. you know, what I say, but I can tell you how it's affected me, um, and I can really encourage people, look it up, you know, go online, go on Google, you know, right. your lunch break today and check it out, and you will see that there, there are a lot of negatives to putting these fake things in your body, and right. Linda, since you did, um, did, since you did touch on the fact that they're addictive, one thing I found during my research that I found really, really interesting is that when you have anything sweet, you naturally start craving carbohydrates. Craving it. So, exactly. Yeah. And and that means real sugar, and that also means the artificial sugars. And so you end up eating more carbohydrates throughout the day, whether you're having real sugar or the fake sugars. Um, and so it's it just sets off a chain reaction that's really not healthy. And um, I, I recommend having all natural sugars, should you have that sweet craving, you know, honey in your tea or um, using fruit to sweeten things when you're, when you're baking. But those fake sugars, they're just, they're, they're really going to hurt your waistline. They're not going to help. Well, once again, we're at the mercy of the marketing because I think people really want an easy fix. You know, so if I switch to this, that will help. And all these little things will add up. But in fact, they do cause, as you already mentioned, the opposite effect. And the the best part is that if you can stop eating sugar for a week or or mostly cut it down, you will stop craving it. How long did it take you? Um, It took me about a month. And um, I'm not going to lie, I still have a sweet tooth. And, you know, my my daughter and I went to school (laughs) yesterday and she she wanted to get some cookies. We've got all natural cookies. I have one. But I did crave more after that. And so now at least I know that it's there. When I'm like, oh, I had one cookie, I want to have a second one. No, that's the chain reaction. I need to break it. Um, and so, you know, I feel like life is short. One must indulge. I have three cookbooks, and all three have brownie recipes in them. Um, <laughs> but I think it's important to also know where those cravings are coming from and so you can hold yourself accountable for them. And um, I, the way I see it is I would rather have an all-natural sugar 
than to have the fake sugars because at least the only thing that comes with that, besides a small amount of calories, um, are the cravings. But when you've got the fake sugars, you're going to have the cravings. You're going to end up eating more. You're going to have a migraine, all kinds of detrimental things to your body, um, and and it really slows down the weight loss as well, where at least your body knows how to process sugar and in a very small amount, um, you know, easy in, easy out, as opposed to chemical. Let's talk about convenience, because I think that's what people's gripe usually is. You know, I need to grab this because I'm very busy and I get home and the kids need dinner and and we have to eat, so therefore I use processed foods. And I, I think that that is what a lot of people do, and then they wonder why they can't lose weight. Talk about the effect of preservatives. On your body. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, I, I was absolutely one of those people. And it was all about convenience and ease. And I understand, you know, lives are busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can absolutely find a healthier way of eating and still um, be able to create fast meals. And that's what my new cookbook is about. And I know we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But um, when it comes to preservatives, it's very similar to the fake sugars. They end up telling your body to hold on to fat. And your body does not know how to process chemicals. We are from nature. We are, I know a lot of people don't like admitting it, but we are animals. Just like Mm -hmm. the wolf out there can't eat cardboard for its dinner, we should not be eating chemicals. Our body is is made from nature. We need to put nature in and out. And um, before people start switching the channel like, okay, listen to this hippie (laughs) dippy gal, I love a steak. So I'm like, please don't run. (laughs) I, I do love the real food. But I like to eat it in an all-natural way, and the guilt is gone, and the weight is gone. And, yes, I eat that steak, and I do have that potato. But if I do it in a natural way, I, I don't have the weight packing back on. And if I do it in a natural way, um, or when I did do it in the natural way, I lost all of that weight. Um, and thousands it's, of people have huge, used the lose weight by eating story. diet. I mean, people lose 20 pounds, and I'm always impressed with that. But someone who loses 150 pounds... Tell me something. We're coming up on a break, but tell us, how much healthier do you feel? Oh, man. You know, I was in my late 20s when I started, early 30s, and I actually feel younger now. I'm going to be 39 in about a month and a half. I feel younger now at 39 than I did in my 20s. I feel younger than I did when I was 18. I have more energy. I look, um, I feel like I look better. My skin is clear. Um I still get carded when I go to the movies. Um, <laughs> I feel like I, I everything's better, and um, I love eating healthy. It just it makes me feel better throughout the day. I don't get lethargic. Um, I, I just love it. I'm so glad to hear that. I mean, I think that kind of affirmation is important for people to hear because sometimes vanity is why we go to lose weight. Sometimes it's we want to fit into the right clothes. Um, sometimes it's just because we've been told by the doctor that we are really not in a healthy place, although doctors are often not the ones that tell you. They'll, they'll kind of suggest it. Um, <laughs> most doctors get a six-week course in nutrition, and that's it. So they're really not going to be the ones that tell you that it's time to lose weight because it's not a popular thing to do. And so it's kind of a shame. We have to be 
the own arbiters of who we want to be and how healthy we want to be and how long we want to live. Because there's only a few things that we can control about all of that because of genetics. So we're going to go on a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Audrey's book, which is Lose Weight with Your Instapot or Losing Weight by Eating. And it's a very interesting approach and easy to follow. And we will talk further about it. And you will learn how you might want to take this novel approach to having your own healthy foray into the new year. So we'll return after these messages. And we're talking to Audrey Johns. And you can go to loseweightbyeating.com for more information. We'll be right back. We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. The National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute defines high cholesterol as a condition in which you have too much cholesterol in your blood. By itself, the condition usually has no signs or symptoms. People who have high blood cholesterol have a greater chance of getting coronary artery disease. According to the American Heart Association, more than 120 million Americans over the age of 20 have cholesterol counts that are above a healthy level. Harvard Medical School says that the good news is that cholesterol levels can be controlled. And just by lowering your total cholesterol 10%, you can decrease your heart attack risk by 20 to 30%. Making changes in your eating is important, but including daily exercise is a must. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our Facebook fan page at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back. We're continuing our discussion with Audrey John. So, Audrey, I've got to know, your title of your book is Lose Weight with Your Instant Pot. And I happen to be one of the probably few people in America who don't know what an Instapot is. Oh, well, I am so excited. I've had to tell so many people over the last year or two years what it is, and now it's become so popular that I'm sure there are many people out there who have a better definition, but as simply as possible, <laughs> well, I just feel, it's I feel an, sort of ignorant, so fill me in. <laughs> Well, the, the simplest thing I've been able to, the simplest way I've been able to explain it is it's just an electronic pressure cooker. Okay. That's just the simplest way. Some people use it as a slow cooker. Um, I don't. I, I have an amazing slow cooker I like to use separately. But um, it kind of takes the fear out of it. A, a lot of people are scared of, of pressure cookers, and I was mm-hmm. one as well. You know, you hear all these horror stories. Mm-hmm. But these Instant Pots, are fantastic because they're electronic. And so you don't have the fear factor with them because if something goes wrong, they just shut off. It's fantastic. So um, I highly recommend you check them out, Linda. I think you'd love one. I I will now that I know how (laughs) important they are because I remember – I'm dating myself, but I remember as a child we were told to leave the kitchen when the pressure cooker was on. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Now with this, you don't have to worry. If something goes wrong, it will stop itself. And um, I will admit, the first time I used an Instapot, it made a funny sound, and there's this wall in between my kitchen and my living room, and I hid behind it. Um, <laughs> I tell people that, and they crack up, and 
if you're a cookbook author and you hid behind your kitchen wall, uh uh-huh, oh, yeah, because I wasn't sure and I had heard all of these nightmares, but the more I used it and the more I read about Instapots, I realized there's there's absolutely no fear with this. It's it's about as, you know, as involved as a – as a slow cooker and it's safe and it's easy. And my daughter, my nine-year-old daughter actually knows how to use the Instapot. And so it's the exact opposite of what you experience as a child. I get to send her in and have her cook with it. And it's fantastic. Well, I think it's so important. You know, my trick has always been to, on, on Sunday afternoons, I usually cook something that is the staple for the week. And then I add to it, that kind of thing. One thing that is so important no matter how you cook it, slow, fast, or, you know, the traditional way, is that if you prepare your meals, you're less apt to grab a Dorito dinner or, you know, a lunch that is filled with, you know, I, I what is it called? Because it's been so many years for me, but those, those packaged lunch meat things that the kids used to oh, beg yeah. for. Oh, the Lunchables. Ha- yeah, the Lunchables, my daughter always asks for those. Yes, Whoa. Lunchables. And, and so as a treat, occasionally I would buy it, but I knew that they were not terribly healthy. And I, I was raised very healthfully by a mom who was way ahead of her time. But I think it really is important that food prep, because then you look forward to going home. It's not this drudge of, What's for dinner? Because I don't know about you, but figuring out what's for dinner is the hard part. Making is the easy part. Oh, absolutely. And it's interesting that you brought that up. Um, I have an entire chapter in my in my new cookbook, Lose Weight with Your Instant Pot, and it's called – it's the eighth chapter. It's called Shred It Your Way. And mm-hmm. in this chapter, I, I give three different recipes, one for shredded chicken, a pulled pork, and a shredded beef. And then for each of those recipes, I give um, two recipes. Some of them you don't even have to cook afterwards, or the other ones are just 10 minutes and you're done for dinner. And so the idea is, you know, you make some shredded chicken at the beginning of the week, and then you go home and you can make the chicken club wraps in a matter of minutes, and dinner's Mm -hmm. on the table and there's no stress about it. I think that's so important because everyone is so darn busy. And then the other thing is the the fact, and I'm trying to think where the source of this is, but the point was that those who sit down and eat, eat more healthfully, snack less, and eat more vegetables, which is all very, very helpful. Absolutely. And, you know, there is a little bit of that peer pressure. You know, when you're sitting across from somebody, you're you're more likely to eat your salad or to eat your vegetables because everybody's there, everybody's watching. But when you're mindlessly staring at the television, Um, you know, you can kind of scoot the vegetables to the side of the plate and ignore them. And um, and I I think it's also really important. Dinner can take a while um, to make from time to time, even if you Mm -hmm. do end up prepping at the beginning of the week. Um, sit down and enjoy it with your family. You know, don't just make it this mindless thing, mindlessly or, or be mindful while you eat and sit there and enjoy it and enjoy every bite and enjoy the people you're with. I feel like that's, that's, I know it sounds silly to say that's part of weight loss, but it is. Um, no, I agree with you. I once had a friend say, well, I, I don't microwave stuff so much because that doesn't give me the opportunity to put the love in it. Isn't that wonderful? I I love love that. that. I heard that because I thought it's important. But but the family meal is becoming a lost art. And yet 
it's not easy to catch up with children and spouses unless you do sit down and have a discussion, even if it's a two-part thing. You know, you feed your children first and then you sit down with your spouse or partner because it, it really is part of our social being. And you do eat more slowly and mindfully if you are sitting Absolutely. down. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. And um, my daughter and I, we have a very, very strict rule and um, we always eat at the table. And mm-hmm. it's it's been a new thing. Um, over the last few years, it's, it's become something very important in our household. And it has changed um, the way we interact with each other. It's made our our relationship so much stronger. And mm-hmm. I mean, she's nine now. She's going to be sick of me in about four years. So I'm going to enjoy every minute <laughs> I get with her. Okay, good. <laughs> but, you know, it gives us a, a moment to catch up and talk about school and talk about what we want in our lives. And it's, it's important to, you know, I can actually talk to her about the food, you know, and mm-hmm. um, how do you like it? Would you like for me to make this again? Good job on eating your broccoli. I'm so proud of you. That's packed full of calcium. It's so good for you. You know, those kinds of things. Um, and I, I feel like I've had people come over and, you know, they see me cook. I love to cook. I'm, I'm just going to be honest about that. I mean, I write cookbooks. I've got to, Linda. Um, I but understand. They, they tell me, you know, it's, it's funny. You cook for four hours because I'm like a big feast on Sunday nights. I'm Italian. That's what I do. Four hours you cook and 15 minutes of eating, and it seems like shame. Um, so whether you are the cook or whether you are the person enjoying the food that your your spouse or your loved one is making, sit down and enjoy it. If nothing else, for appreciation for the work that went into it. Um, I think it's important. Um, and, and I also love, Linda, that you had said, you know, sit down and eat with your kids and then later sit down and eat with your with your partner. I, I love doing that. Um, that is a, a big part of, of my life currently. You know, my, my daughter likes to have her little, you know, cheese quesadilla with, you know, a side of blueberries or what have you. And then my fella comes over and we have a nice romantic meal a little bit later on after she's gone to bed. Um, and we also will all eat together. And so I think it's important to have those in-home date nights and then to also have the family meals as well. I do too. And I, I think that you miss so much if you don't connect over meals. Uh, and I know in our household, it was, it was very funny because I am by nature a slow eater, which is great for weight loss yeah. because you don't just stuff and, you know, you're, you don't feel satiated before it's actually hit. And my children, um, my whole family eats very, very fast. And so it barely has time to hit bottom before they're you know, what's next? And yeah. that's a very important thing about being able to take some time and to have a conversation because you will eat less if you are more mindful and take the time as opposed to just shovel it in. If you hoover your meals, chances are you're going to eat more than if you eat slowly. So while I drive people crazy, they do eat less <laughs> when they're with me. <laughs> I think that's great. That's fantastic. And um, I, I'm sure that your children are, you know, the same as me, as mine. They, they're they rushed very in the, in the right. lunchroom at, at school. Mm-hmm. Are they rushed though at lunchtime? Yes. Um, and, and then they want to go outside and play and they want to have their recess. And mm-hmm. so sure, fine, be rushed at school. But when you come home, we're going to sit down and we're going to enjoy this time together. And it's kind of a way to reprogram them a little bit. So that they know when you sit down for dinner, you eat slowly. And that will end up helping them throughout their entire life. If 
all they ever do is eat really, really fast. You know, you're rushing in the morning to eat a quick breakfast. Mm-hmm. You're rushing at school in the lunchroom. You're rushing at dinner. This will be your life. But if at least for dinner you can sit down and you can, as a family or, you know, just with your child or however you end up doing it, sit down and eat slowly, this will set them up for a lifetime of, of healthier, mind, more mindful eating. You're absolutely right. I, I mean, I do remember as a parent pulling into the driveway and saying, hurry up, get out. Well, <laughs> what was the rush? We were home. We, we were home already. I mean, that was silly, but, but you do get put into that busyness lifestyle that is truly not healthy. And the day I realized that was a huge light bulb because that was silly. You know, you don't get into these habits, you know, overnight. It, it takes a while to build it, but it was a really big epiphany that helped me to realize that, okay, there's a time where we do need to meet timelines and deadlines, but once we're home, unless we're rushing to the next thing, it isn't always the default. And and that was a big deal for me as a young mom. I thought, well, I don't need to add stress to the kids. That's silly. So that changed. And our meals were a little later in the day due to athletics, but that also helped because it, it grounded everyone. So I, I love that you are bringing in the social aspects of things because I think it is truly important. It is a mindful time. And I, I wanted to mention too that I'm one of those people that finds um, cooking almost a moving meditation. You know, I'm just in a groove yeah. and I, I cook off recipes, yes, but I also ad lib. Do you find yourself still ad libbing? You write cookbooks. Oh, I imagine you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even on my own recipes. You know, I've <laughs> tested these recipes. I've perfected them sometimes 10 times. I've worked on one recipe and I'll still find myself making it a completely different way. And it's fun. And, um, and it is meditative. It is, um, my time in my kitchen for me, it's, it feels like self-care. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I put on my music. Um, lately it's been cold. I put on my little, you know, those little, um, winter lights that they have. I have mine yes. in my kitchen and I just sit there and I chop and I listen to my music and I enjoy it. And there are days that I'm so busy that, you know, I'm pulling leftovers out of the freezer as well. And that's okay too. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, for those of you who are like, wow, I really do wish I had time to, to, to look at cooking as a, as a meditative practice, um, you know, that could just be Sundays for you. You know, that could be your self-care time on Sundays, taking your time and enjoying yourself in the kitchen. Then you could freeze individual portions and then you've got healthy meals throughout the week. But, um, I, I, I recommend trying to slow down once a week and try to enjoy the process and look at the food. Um, you might find that you love it like I do. Well, I, I think you're exactly right. And, and, you know, it may take some time before you reset your clock. I know it did in our household, but it worked. And the benefits were so worth the effort. And I think that makes a really important thing. Plus, you're building healthy habits for future generations, which is really enormously helpful in this world where we're too busy, we're too stressed, and we don't eat right. So what a combination. We're going on a second break. And we will come back and talk further about Audrey's experience and the research for this book and and how she really made a difference and will make a difference in your life, too. We'll be right back.
We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. was growing up in Wisconsin, no matter how frigid it was outside, my Uncle Bob never seemed to get cold. He would come in from the snow wearing a t-shirt and remark how fresh it was outside. Then again, folks from Wisconsin are a pretty hardy bunch. As America's official dairy state, the cows have been known to give ice cream instead of milk when the temperatures drop. What's a word for a giant snowball that is formed by rolling a smaller one through a field of snow? Hug him a dog. Megla is an old Scots word meaning to trudge laboriously through the snow. And mufflements is an old Lancashire word for thick, warm, insulating clothes and gloves. Don't forget that you shouldn't try and send text messages if you're standing out in the cold. It can lead to typothermia. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. When it comes to exercise, don't overdo it. Some people push so hard for so long that they just burn out. And it's estimated that 10% of all exercisers experience burnout at one time or another. I monitor my clients, watch their workouts, and tell them to listen to their bodies. If you begin to feel more worn out than energized, despite your best exercise effort, It's time to scale back your fitness routine a little. Remember that your body needs time to adjust and adapt and that the progress of exercise is made during the recovery period. If you don't give your body proper rest, you may find that you're taking one step forward and two steps back. Keep your exercise moderate and enjoyable and most importantly, keep it consistent. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our Facebook fan page at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. We're coming back to talk to you more about how you can change habits. I know I was thinking at one time in my life that, good grief, we've gotten into this busy, rushed manner. How are we going to change this? And so I did not change that overnight. It sounds like you know I'm this miraculous worker, and I decided one day to suddenly have family meals every day at the table and a green vegetable and all sorts of things. But I found that we could change it by having one night a week, and then we made it two nights a week. And then everybody enjoyed it so much that it became the preponderance of the week, which was really helpful. Do you help people to to think of taking it step by step? Because sometimes we go to extremes, whether it's diets or changes in habits, and those extremes don't work out successfully where taking steps does. Oh, absolutely. And I I love the point that you're making there, Linda, too. Um, We... In my home, we have a standing Sunday night dinner. Um, No matter how busy we get, we sit down on Sunday night and we have dinner together. And sometimes Mm, that is something I have pulled out of the freezer and reheated, and sometimes it's a big meal I've made um, Mm -hmm. that day special. Um, For my daughter and I, this is it did become – it started out as a slow process, kind of like it did for you. Um, My ex was very into sitting in front of the TV and having dinner there every single night, Um, Mm. and it was it was bad. For my family, hence the X. Um, you know, that's a big part of why <laughs> we're not together anymore. Right. Okay. Yeah, we didn't have that 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 moment together, and um, I feel like it can 
it can really pull a family together. And you can start out just one one night a week. And that is how my daughter and I started. It, I reinstated Sunday night meal. And now, even on the hectic days where she is, um, she's doing her homework, I'm making dinner, she's sitting across from me doing her homework, then sometimes I'm even standing up in the kitchen and eating while she's across from me at the countertop, but it still gives us that moment. Um, so I do recommend start slow, just start with the Sunday night dinner or Monday night dinner or Wednesday, whatever night mm-hmm. works best with your schedule and just try to sit down together, um, be it a big fancy meal you've made or something you prepped a few days earlier and, um, and put in the freezer specifically for that night. Well, and I think, again, we are all so busy. So prepping meals ahead of time, leftovers, freezing things, uh, multi-purposing the cooking that you do on whatever night, day is helpful for you. It, it does take effort. You do have to go find the ingredients, make sure you have them, and cook. But the other thing I found out, and I wonder if this is true with you as well, is that the more I took the time to cook, the the calmer I got about I've got things that I can throw together here to make a wonderful meal right here in my pantry that I didn't even realize. Or if I toss this together, that makes a simple, delicious, and healthy meal. So you you don't have to – people will say, okay, I can't do it because I've got to hit the grocery store first, which can be true. But if you start to stock your home with some basics, do you recommend certain things that people do have at home so that – They're not inclined to just grab something, but instead plan meals more. Oh, absolutely. And, and, um, before I jump into my, my stock items, I do have to say quickly, um, I moved to Idaho from California. And so the, the concept of being snowed in was very new to me. Um, (laughs) and some of my best recipes have come about from being snowed in and having to dig through the pantry to find something or dig through the freezer to find something. Um, so I, I really do recommend um, stocking it just enough. Um, I always have canned beans in the home. Um, I, I love now that you can get BPA-free um, cans. I always have garbanzo and pinto and black beans stocked in my pantry. I'm Italian, so I always have lots of pasta in my pantry. Um, and lately, lots of gluten-free pasta uh, for my fella. And I also um, keep a lot of rice and um, stock. I do love making my own chicken stock and vegetable stock, but I feel like whenever I find it on sale at the store, I, I stockpile it because you can kind of right. never have too much or good organic chicken stock, beef stock, and, um, and, and vegetable stock. Mm-hmm. And then I always have staples in my home, so no matter – if I'm going to the grocery store just to pick up tissues, I'm also making sure, do I have Greek yogurt? Do I have um, milk? Do I have cheese? Do I have tortillas? Um, those kinds of things so that I can throw together quick meals. And then coffee. Of course, coffee must always be in the car, <laughs> especially if it's on sale. But, yeah, well, I, I find that if I... It's to be healthy. It, you know, it, it, it is. It's, well, the other thing I noticed from looking at your book is that, you make it very easy to not eat the same things all the time. I think sometimes we get in ruts, not sometimes, many times, we get into ruts where we eat the exact same things or the exact same meals. They may even be healthy meals, but it's better for our bodies when we eat a variety of food. So your book offers a lot of options, which 
I, as I said earlier, I think thinking up what you're having for dinner is the hardest part. And I learned a long time ago not to say to my children, what do you want for dinner? Because somebody would say, ew, and somebody would say, I want that. And you ended up with whatever. So I made the decisions on dinner because it was just a lot easier that way. So talk about eating the same things and the, the help that variety gives you to, to be able to eat healthfully. You know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. Think about um, the stigma that the chicken breast has nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can almost hear the eyes rolling and the groans um, from people listening in right now like, oh, chicken breast again. And when you keep making it the same way, it becomes boring, and you're more likely to slip off of your diet and mm-hmm. hit the drive through on the way home because, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. the last thing I want to do is have another piece of steamed chicken. So <laughs> I feel like you can still have these healthy items, and you can make them in new ways. Um, I mean, for instance, in this book alone, I've got so many different uses just for a chicken breast, um, and mm-hmm. I, I mean so many that I just cracked it open, and it opened right to the French onion chicken. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you can find new ways of using those same ingredients, and um, and you don't have to go out and buy fancy, you know, most people have an onion in their home. All right, well, mm-hmm. you've got an onion, and you've got some chicken. You can make French onion chicken tonight. So um, try to mix it up, and um, and also try to eat with the season. You know, I find that produce yes. can be very expensive. Yeah, if, if you're not eating with the season, if it's on sale, it's most likely in season, and it's mm-hmm. probably going to taste better than something, you know, that's out of season. And so eat with the seasons. You're getting all of the different – you think about eating the rainbow. You're getting all the different colors, um, and you're experiencing new vegetables. And um, and you're making sure that your palate is not completely bored with the same old chicken breast. <laughs> so I do recommend well, – you know, it's, it, you're brilliant because I think there's also a move toward these harvest boxes, um, where, yeah. or cooperatives in the community where there is, are vegetables and, as you said, eating in season. Farmers markets, it, it does seem as though we are moving back to farm to table, which is very healthy if you can take advantage of it. And if you can't, as you say, in the stores, whatever is on sale is more than likely, um, in in season at that point. But I love the part that you said, try a new vegetable because try a new vegetable, try a new grain. I, I found one through a recipe that asks for farro, which is an ancient grain that has a lot of fiber, has nutrients and protein in it. And I happen to love it. So it's nice to try new things. And that discovery is fun. I want to talk about another thing. Let's talk about when you're tired of cooking alone, say you're a singleton, you're alone, and you really have to make an effort to cook ahead or plan ahead. But when you do have something to look forward to, like like a meal that you cook with a friend, that seems to make a big difference. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Um, and and I I don't even though I am a cookbook author, um, the majority of the cooking I do just for myself, has to do with recipe testing. And then otherwise, when it's just me, I end up going back to the, the average salad or I pull something out of the freezer. Um, mm-hmm. And I am, I am a single woman, and so there are nights that I am eating alone. But 
I very often, um, I have two different friends that I cook with on um, FaceTime or Skype. And Mm -hmm. uh, one of them is my best friend, and she's an amazing cook. And she'll send me a text message, do you want to cook with me? And she lives in Texas, and I live in Idaho. (laughs) And we cook together. And we have so much fun. Um, And, you know, I have another friend who's uh, freshly single, and he needs to understand how to work around in the kitchen. And we uh, pretty much every other Sunday, we I give him a cooking lesson, and he knows what he's doing. But it's just more fun doing it together, and it's building <laughs> well, kitchen it confidence. Is. It, it truly is, and, and I think that that is another thing that, that people can add to their lives. And I love the Skype cooking. Um, like I said, my daughter's a wonderful cook, and I'm always intrigued, or, or if I've eaten something at her house that I want to know how to make, you know, I just give her a call and she does the same thing because we pass down recipes. And I think that's another thing. You talk about your Sunday night meals. You're also creating a legacy of, of meals and yours are thankfully written down. Mine are often in my head. And so when I'm asked, mom, how do you make X, Y, and Z? Sometimes I'm at a loss. And so we'll, we'll do it together um, with Skype and then she can make it her own. But I do laugh. My son is also a very good cook. And I think that's fun. And I, I, I do think it, it does take the monotony out of the alone times because we're all alone at times to eat and to cook. But again, I'm a huge proponent of preparing ahead. And I, I love that you talk about leftovers. When my children were small, though, they acted as though leftovers were cat food. I mean, it, ew, you know, I don't want to have it again. I am a lover of leftovers. So I think that there's Absolutely. two schools of thought on that. You know, some love it and some do not. And I'm so grateful when I have leftovers to go home to. I'm thrilled. Me too. And, you know, if you don't love leftovers, for, for those of your listeners who don't, just make extra of the protein. And then right. the next night when you go home, you can take out that steak and chop it up and throw it into a taco. Or you can shred that chicken and make some chicken salad and you know, um, and then just make a new a, a new vegetable or have raw vegetables with it, which have so much more nutrition because you haven't cooked the nutrition out. So mm-hmm. if you don't love the idea of of eating the exact same meal again, modify it. You know, use yes. that protein and change it up a little bit. And I think that's a great way to use leftovers if you don't like doing that. And it saves you time and boy, oh boy, does it save you money and calories as well. Absolutely. We're going on our final break of the program, and we will come back and talk further about Audrey's novel ideas about how we can really work on healthy eating and weight loss. We'll be back after these messages. Again, the book is called Lose Weight with Your Instant Pot. We'll return in a second. Stay with us. We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's words you never heard. I managed to run out of coffee again this morning. I didn't even have enough to make one cup. Boy, was that a miscabobble or big mistake, because I make serious coffee. So strong it wakes up the neighbors. Now, I don't have a problem with caffeine. I have a problem without caffeine. I get wadgety and brickety. Did you know apples are more efficient than coffee for keeping people awake in the morning? Unfortunately, I didn't have any apples either. 
acorns were used as a coffee substitute during the American Civil War. Without my hot cup of coffee in the morning, I'm feeling pretty squirrely myself. What do you call that piece of cardboard that wraps around your coffee cup to keep from burning your hand? A zarf. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Harvard Medical School indicates that the most effective method for losing weight is to cut back on your consumption of calories while bumping up your activity level. They use the example of eating a candy bar, which takes a mere minute or two. But most people would have to walk for over 40 minutes to burn those calories. Remember that 3,500 calories equals one pound of fat. Reducing your daily calorie intake by 500 calories and working out is a sure way to drop weight and increase health benefits. They state that you will shed approximately one pound of fat for every 35 miles you walk, assuming that your food intake and activity stay the same. That is encouraging news and very doable. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Welcome back. We're continuing our discussion with Audrey Johns. And the tagline on your book title, Lose Weight with Instant Pot, is 60 Easy One-Pot Recipes for Fast Weight Loss. And I think that that can draw people right in. But I think the important part is tell us some of your favorite recipes. Because I think when something tastes good, is fun to put together, is quick to prepare uh, whether you cook the traditional way or with an instant pot using your recipes, what are some of your favorite ones? Oh, thank you for giving me the opportunity. I do love to talk about my food. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I, as I'm flipping through the book, it's, it's kind of funny. It's, I have, you know, like 50 copies of my own book, but I only try to go through one and it kind of naturally opens to my favorites. Um, and since it's, just past breakfast time here in Boise, um, it, I immediately start thinking about breakfast and, you know, what would I have eaten had I had time this morning? And the butternut squash hash is just so beyond amazing. I love butternut squash. It is such mm-hmm. a great beauty food. Um, it's like any time a, a, a food makes you pretty, I'm all in. <laughs> so it's my favorite. <laughs> but I love that. that it can be made in 15 minutes. It's just, it's easy, it's fast beautiful and it's um completely delicious and that's probably my favorite breakfast of all time not just in the book i just love it so much i'm looking at it right now that's amazing let me read you some of these titles because i think it it makes me hungry orange cranberry oatmeal avocado Mm. eggs prosciutto and Mm -hmm. asparagus strata Oh my goodness, this is yum. The hash that you're talking about, the butternut squash hash. Yeah. Homemade yogurt so with fruit nut topping. Talk about chachuca. Did I say that right? Oh, yes, you did. Chachuca is, um, it's a great Mediterranean dish and very often I actually make it for dinner, but it is an egg dish. So I put it in the, in the book and in, in the breakfast chapter. It's on page 21 and, um, it is so easy in the instant pot. Usually I make it on the stovetop. And you have it with pita bread or you can just have it just as is. But it's basically um, 
you cook down some onions and some bell peppers and some tomatoes, and then you put lots of yummy Mediterranean spices in, and then you make little wells within the sauce, and you crack mm-hmm. the eggs into them. And then you cook the eggs however you like them, runny or not runny, and then you top it with feta cheese. And it is. My mouth is actually watering right now. I'm having a hard time. <laughs> it's well, so I delicious. Because we have a saying in our house, everything is better with feta. Oh, yes, it is. It's or, or so we say delicious. Better with feta. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I highly recommend this. And I've made it um, like for date night, for dinner, mm-hmm. and it is it is always a smash hit. So this, it's a great meal to make any time of the day. Um, it only takes 15 to 20 minutes, and it's only 157 calories for my shakshuka. So I, you can go ahead and have two or three servings of it when it's that low in calories. Um, packed wow. full of flavor. The, the well, way I, I see I it when it comes... I wanted to out that the cookbook is for dinner, lunch, and breakfast, because I think we tended, you know, earlier in the show to, to focus on dinners because of our busy lives. But you also provide hot lunch recipes and, and again, leftovers, et cetera. What are some of your favorites among the lunches? Well, my favorite is the taco mac and cheese. And mm. I'm, I'm sure that sounds like, okay, there's no way that can be healthy, but it can be when you pack it full of vegetables. And um, I'm actually, I'm really excited. I'm flying out to New York City tomorrow to cook this, this taco mac and cheese with Rachel Ray and Bob Harper. Oh, um, Bob Harper from The Biggest Loser. So, I mean, come on, if Bob is down with it, it's got, it's got to be healthy. Um, <laughs> so I'm making that with them on Thursday. Um, and it is, let's see, it takes uh, 30 minutes to cook, and it's only 271 calories per serving. And it's their big servings, too. Um, and it's, it's just my friend had given me an idea. She called me one night. She said, I'm making your mac and cheese. I'm making your taco mac and cheese. And I said, what are you talking about? I don't have taco mac and cheese. And she's like, well, I'm making your mac and cheese. And I had leftover taco stuff, so I tossed it all in. Oh, I'm like, you were a brilliant woman. Are you kidding me? And so a new, a new recipe was born, and it is, it's like if, if um, tacos and mac and cheese had a baby, this beautiful <laughs> creation was born, and it's so delicious. And it's healthy because it's got lots of vegetables. So um, 271 calories, that's a great one. And then um, the bruschetta chicken on page 51 is the other thing I get to make with Rachel and Bob. Um, and that one is, um, it's part of the one pot dinners. It's it, the idea behind this recipe on the bruschetta chicken was instead of making the bruschetta, um, like you typically come home and you have to chop up all of the, all of the ingredients Vegetable. with this. Right. I just say, get one of those little containers of those little, the little baby um, tomatoes, toss them in, toss the chicken in, and it, it takes absolutely no time whatsoever. And you have a really healthy, quick meal. One thing I would so point out to our listeners is that oftentimes serving size is questionable and you just don't know. But in this cookbook, she'll tell you exactly what a serving size is. So for the taco mac and cheese, it's uh, three quarters of a cup. For the bruschetta, it's one slice of bread and a quarter cup of the topping. I think that's important because people can take healthy things and then portion control goes out the window and you've sabotaged yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I feel like if you know how much you can have and if you know the calories too, then you can say, okay, you know, this is only 150 calories. Let me start with one serving. And very often right. I'm full. And then that gives me the opportunity to enjoy a glass of wine or to have a, a dessert later on in the evening. Um, but if not, then go ahead and have your second serving. And then if you right. still are hungry, um, after 
had, you know, the amount of calories you were budgeting for, have some extra vegetables. Um, and a right. lot of the vegetable recipes in here are so low in calories, like the spicy Brussels sprouts with bacon is only mm-hmm. 102 calories, and that's for a half a cup. And you can have pretty much as much as that as you want. You right. think about the 100-calorie packs. This is so much yummier. I mean, bacon and sriracha, come on. Uh, <laughs> it's so much better than right. a 100-calorie pack. Right. <laughs> I love also, though, that you include recipes for holiday feasts, things that do come up throughout the year where you may want to have something that has a little more splurge taste to it or or feels more holiday you know, festive. And that's important. But I, I love that everything in here is easy to understand and to find out how you can do it. And it is important to know what you are eating. And the pictures are wonderful. So you have a website that I want to make sure people know where to find you. And the website is loseweightbyeating.com. And we'll put the link to your book in the show notes. And I, I, I still can't get over 150 pounds in 11 months. And you did it with joy, it sounds like. I did. And I taught myself how to cook as I was losing weight. I did not know how to cook. I was a shake-and-bake girl. I was a burn-water-on-the-stove kind of a person. And <laughs> I figured I'm going to learn how to cook. And as I did, I learned how to lose weight. And now, I mean, people ask me to cater for them. I'm like, no, I, yes. I'm not a caterer, but they ask me to. And they ask me to throw parties for them so that they can have the food that I'm making. Um, you can teach yourself how to cook. You can't teach right. yourself how to do quite a few things in, in life. I mean, you can try. But with cooking, it's pretty much the only place in life that if you mess up, you can have leftovers or, you know, God forbid, you can order a pizza. So it's get in the kitchen and go ahead and feel good about making a mistake because um, it's pretty much the only place in life where you can make a mistake and um, it doesn't really affect very much at all. So um, right. that, I, that's what I love about cooking. That That is fantastic because I, I think that if you can learn a new skill, you can make yourself healthier and you have enjoyed it along the way, that is amazing. So anything that we haven't touched upon that you want to make sure that we do talk about, because I think cooking meals in a fraction of the time by using the Instant Pot is very important. And as you mentioned, you sometimes do things on the stovetop, you know, more traditional cooking as well. So you don't have any rigid rules here. You've given people the creativity and the options to both, you know, make the recipes their own um, and have fun with it. Isn't that an important oh, part absolutely. of what you're talking about? I, I think so. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's such a, an important thing to feel joy when you cook or at least, you know, make the effort to feel joy when you cook. It's, <laughs> it's something we, you know, we're not taught how to cook in school anymore. And so no. if nothing else. So that your kids are like, oh, okay, it's not so bad because it's up to you to teach your kids how to cook. Um, I think I would love to impart the wisdom that even if you don't have an Instant Pot, you can absolutely lose weight by eating. Um, you can go on the website. There are over 300 recipes on the website. And there are two other books that have nothing to do with the Instant Pot. Um, there's Lose Weight by Eating. It's real easy to find. You can find it on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble. It's a big mm-hmm. pink banner across the front because I'm girly and I like the pink. Um, that book okay. is going to be filled with comfort food made healthy. And then my second book was Lose Weight by Eating Detox Week, um, which is 
filled with um, metabolism-boosting meals that are just huge. And nobody understands, like, they open it up, how on earth could this be a detox? Well, it's because they're all metabolism-boosting ingredients. Um, so those are two other books that you could pick up if you don't have an Instant Pot and you do want to start eating in a healthy new way. Um, and, you know, check out the website and get in the kitchen and feel free to make a mistake because, again, it's the one place in life where you can totally mess up and a pizza will fix it. I mean, that's kind of a beautiful thing. So if, if, if I could give any advice, it would be just try, you know, just make one day a week where you want to make something from scratch and you'll see it's easy and you'll start to enjoy it and, um, you know, get the family to help out and just enjoy yourself. I love that. And and I'll, I'll put in again the quote from my friend Forrest who said, you need to put the love in it. And that's why I cook. And I, I, I just, I just love that, you know, joy, my meditation, using Skype to, to cook with your friends. If you're cooking alone, um, there are a lot of adjustments we make in life, but a meal is always going to be something that unifies us whether we're eating alone and talking about it later. But how many times do you talk to someone and say, I made the most amazing thing last night. Can I tell you about it? And people are very eager to learn about new things to cook. So by all means, go to loseweightbyeating.com and find more information about Audrey's books. And we will also put the links to her books in the show notes. And thank you so much for sharing these wonderful recipes with us for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I have one last question for you, and we have about 30 seconds. Do you snack at all anymore? Oh, boy, do I. <laughs> I do. Um, I couldn't fit in very healthy many snacks. snack items in this book. What's that? We'll put Healthy Snacks as your next book. Oh, well, I've got Healthy Snacks in my first two books. I've got full-on snack chapters so check those out good to know thank you so much we are delighted to talk with you today and we'll be back next week with another great show thanks for sharing your time with us today audrey thank you linda it was lovely so welcome Thank you for tuning in today. You can find more shows at wisehealthforwomenradio.com. met one of those people who just can't be stopped it's like they're unstoppable yeah i have 